Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast from Visit Aurora from the Raptors at the Stanley Marketplace. This is the show dedicated to telling the stories of Aurora, Colorado. Hi there, I'm Dave, Senior Marketing Manager for Visit Aurora. Nestled inside of Aurora's Elevation Christian Church, you'll find Millie's Community Cafe, which specializes in coffee, beverages, and counter service menu items. That sounds um, too prescriptive deliciousness you will find inside of Millie's and at the helm of this Aurora gym is Stacy Miller. It's a pleasure to meet you, Stacy. Thanks for having me. You're a business owner and an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but you're also an Aurora public school teacher. Um, I used to be. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. So I started, um, in APS as a teacher, um, when like my pipe dream of coffee shop began. So, um, I taught for six years but I don't, I no longer have time for that. <laughs> What's easier to manage a rude customer or a room full of children? Uh, a rude customer. <laughs> <laughs> what, what grade did you teach when you were teaching? Uh, I taught, well, I started in fifth grade yeah. and then I taught first grade for a couple years. I taught third grade for a couple years and then I did long-term subbing and at the middle school level. What, what inspired you when you were getting into to that career? What inspired you to become a teacher initially? Um, well, I had thought about, you know, you always as a kid, I'm like, oh, I want to be a teacher. So, um, (laughs) I knew a lot of teachers growing up as well. So it just was something that always was of interest of, um, to me, but, uh, I didn't pursue it right out of high school or anything. So it took me a few years after I had had my own kids to kind of convince myself to go back to school, um, and pursue education. So, um, yeah, I, I did it after, after I was a mom, uh, felt great. I loved teaching. Uh, unfortunately, the stress of it caused some health issues, so I had to move on and find something else to do. There's got to be synergies, though, in the disciplines of, of teaching and also becoming an effective business person. Did you mm-hmm. did you find those synergies, or, or what were some of the skills that you pulled in as being a teacher into becoming an entrepreneur? Sure. Well, I mean, having to lead a classroom and organize a classroom and um, the lesson planning of it all... I think by nature, I am a planner Mm -hmm. um, and I like to plan and organize events for people. The classroom dynamic of it was so much fun for me because I got to be creative. There's a lot of creativity in owning a coffee shop. Um, So I think a lot of it plays in um, just the organization, the planning, um, interacting with people, not only the kids, but the parents. Um, So I've interacted with a lot of different age levels. So I think it all kind of intertwines and now it's great because all my teacher friends come into the coffee shop. So I have a lot of standing customers that are still in education and I have old students that come in. So it kind of is this fun little community of both of my careers, basically. Take me through the journey of starting Millie's Community Cafe. What initially was the spark that led to the idea? You know, it's kind of funny because it's a lot of random moments throughout my life that I think led me there. Mm -hmm. I never had like a dream or a passion to own a coffee shop. I think I never thought I'd even be a business owner, but things just kind of fell into place. So I, it started with custom cookies. I became a custom cookie decorator while I was teaching. It was a, a skill I kind of developed along the way as a mom and discovered I was good at it. Yeah. So I did it during the summertime um, when I was off from teaching uh, for a few friends and then people wanted to hire me. So I started selling a lot of cookies. And at the time I had met my now current husband 
fell in love with him and he drank coffee and I actually hated coffee. Mm. <laughs> I hated it. I despised it. I didn't like the smell of it. I didn't like anything <laughs> about it. And even my friend always wanted to go grab coffee on our outings. And I'm like, oh, this is just no, like, I didn't right. want to do it. Um, so it really was not anywhere on my radar. But so I did the, the cookies. I was starting to like get really stressed out at my job and teaching. Uh, I found myself and my husband really spending a lot of time in coffee shops. And I didn't understand why. Like I just, it felt great. It was mm -hmm. like home to me. Uh, that was our dates. We loved it. So at uh, some point along the way, I thought, wow, I, I really might want to open a coffee shop someday. Like it was just something in the back of my head. Right. Again, push it aside, push it aside. And when I was teaching, got really stressed out, had some medical issues was really praying a lot for like a sign of what to do because I wanted to quit teaching, but I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. Started to do, like pursue like education in coffee, learned a lot about it, wanted to just really surround myself with it. And, but I didn't think I could ever do it because I didn't have the education, never planned on opening up my own business. Kind of was just like, this isn't for me. One night I skipping way for it. There's a lot of little things that I could like spend a lot of time on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of little things that happen that put the little seed in your brain. Like I should pursue that. But, it's funny how things converge though to right. lead you to a path. Yeah. Like I could talk mm -hmm. about it for a really long time. Yeah. But um, so aside from all the little random things that were happening one night, um, I was a mom of a middle schooler at the time, my son. I just had this overwhelming urge to like check his social media accounts because I didn't, I don't know. I just felt like something was happening. So I never really got on Twitter. Um, I was on Instagram a lot. Didn't even know how Twitter worked, but I had set up an account when he set up his account, decided to go on and check it. And um, instead of checking on him, the very first post that came up was from the pastor of the church saying, who wants to open a coffee shop? Mm. And I just had an emotional breakdown right before that happened. Like I was really stressed to the max with teaching. So I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, and I had this urgency of, I have to hurry up and reply to him. Like somebody's gonna beat me to this. So I replied to him that night, it was late, um, sent him a private message and just said, hey, I've really have a love for coffee and have been thinking about this, but nothing has really pushed me. And he replied back and said, let's talk. And things just kind of took off. It's interesting you went from trepidation and maybe not feeling like you had the acumen to start a business to just having this instinct yeah. that this is for me. I know this is where I need to be. This is the right. next step. And you acted on that without even probably thinking about a lot of that trepidation. What do you attribute that to? Honestly, I don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of non-believers or if you feel like the universe aligned or whatnot. But I, I really do feel like... Um, I feel that God spoke to me and said, this is what you're supposed to do in your life because I had been praying for it for a very long time. And there were a lot of small things that I mentioned that just kept popping into place. Like I was researching coffee and I had met up with a, the roaster who supplies my coffee now and she was really encouraging me. And like there were a lot of people coming out of the woodwork just randomly to kind of align for me to, to do it. When you were in the discovery phase of coffee shop culture, I don't know if that's mm -hmm. a thing. Yeah. Did you find yourself analyzing business layout or saying like, I could do this better or I could, you know, I really enjoy this aspect of it. Did you, did you find yourself almost flushing out the vision of Millie's even 
unconsciously before you even knew that was the path you were going to go down? For sure. I wouldn't say I visit thinking I could do it better. Right. Um, I think I was more, I, I mean, and I still to this day, when I have time, my most favorite pastime is to go to other local coffee shops. Um, not because I want to do things better, but more so it's just the creative side of me on trying to learn how their systems work. Because it's just so interesting. Because each coffee shop is different, and it. But at the end of the day, it is a community of people that we all want everybody to succeed. I want to support all my other local coffee shops as well. Um, but it did. It like you start to like sit there and vision what your space w- would look like. However, I will say being in the church setting is not where I expected to be. Like I had had the dream of opening up a cookie trailer mm-hmm. with coffee, right? And I had talked to the roaster and we were like, my vision was going somewhere completely different. And then when I signed on with the church and started like envisioning that space, it has definitely led me down a road that was not in my initial vision because I knew that space was where I needed to be and where I wanted to be. And that space didn't allow me to do some of the things I wanted to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. What year was this when you initially opened inside of uh, Elevation? Um, well, we opened, technically my my grand opening was January of 2021. We yeah. opened November of 2020, like my soft opening. Right. Um, we were supposed to open a lot earlier, but COVID happened. <laughs> Being inside of, of a church, even though you have your own external entrance, mm-hmm. there's got to be some challenges in mm-hmm. being in a non-traditional business space. What are some of those challenges and how have you navigated them? Um, I would say the biggest challenge is being in a, obviously a church. People are afraid that they're going to come into the building and it's going to crumble if they're not Christian. Right. They're going to be handed uh, a pamphlet or something. Yeah. yeah. They also have this misconception that we are a, the church's coffee shop. Right. Um, when you walk in our door, you're not going to find your typical church setting. We're not pushing Jesus on you. We're not, there's not a bunch of religious things sitting around. Uh, we are a traditional coffee shop. Right. So it's very welcoming. People come in and they're very surprised. It feels like home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of comfortable seating spaces. Uh, people come in and have office meetings. Um, it's it's really a community space that's versatile for everybody. But it is a space that's weird because we are hidden. It's not a strip mall. It literally looks like a ch- church building and my door sits on a big brick wall. (laughs) So you do have to have the courage, I think, um, to walk through the door. So getting the word out that we are a coffee shop that rents space from the church is a little bit of a challenge. Uh, Online reviews, fair or not, can play a big role in the success of a business these Mm -hmm. days. Uh, When you Google Millie's Community Cafe, you'll find a 5.0 rating. Mm -hmm. Now that's normally a sign of there's only five reviews and they're all from friends or employees, but Mm -hmm. you're preserving that perfect score with nearly 100 reviews. The community really seems to resonate with what you're doing. What do you attribute that to? And how does that community support feel? That's, that's gotta be so life affirming. Sure, we've worked really hard. Um, and I think as a business owner, especially when you first open up, you dread the negative review. Mm-hmm. You, you like don't want it to happen and it's, it's bound to happen. And um, I will take it as a learning opportunity of what to grow from, but I do, think that the staff and the culture there is just so welcoming that people um, love being in that space. So the minute you walk in the door, you feel like you are at home. We, are, you know, we greet you. We listen to you. A lot of people come into coffee shops not fully understanding coffee and they're afraid. Mm-hmm. They're afraid to order. They don't know what to order. So we try and 
make you feel comfortable, give you a little bit of education on the different types of drinks that you can get from us. And we have really amazing food. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Um, so I just feel like the overall experience of it, uh, you know, sometimes you go into coffee shops and you don't get the food base, you get a pastry. Yeah. It's brought in from outside um, somewhere else, hopefully local. Uh, but we make everything in house. So, and usually from scratch. And you feature a very unique menu, some very creative offerings. Mm -hmm. uh, the blueberry muffin latte comes to mind. That yes. seems to be very popular. Where do you draw your menu's inspiration from? Where do your ideas come from? Well, I think just having, you know, been around coffee for a while and listening to the community and what people order at other places kind of sparks your interest to try things for one. Um, definitely not to copy anybody, but you you have your standards. You have, you know, your basic caramels, your vanillas, things like that. And you just start mixing. I think that's the create the creativity side of it. That's so much fun because we make all of our syrups in house. I have fun making new ones and, you know, experimenting with them until it creates something that customers love. And we don't know if it'll be a success right off. We put it on a seasonal menu and if it sells and does great we put it on our permanent we call it the jitter bar okay so um and those the jitter bar is fun because some of those drinks customers created they come in they're like hey can we mix these this combination and it's a combination we've never heard of and we try it and love it so we named the drink after them so nice. um they all seem to really enjoy that and it's just fun it's just it's a lot of fun learning what flavors go well and what flavors you didn't expect to go well so you strike me as having a meticulous attention to detail. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, from the decor and the music that you play to the layout of the space, the menu offerings, where you source your ingredients even, that level of attention can only lend to offering a, su a superior experience. But does that high standard lend itself to satisfaction personally, or do you struggle with trying to find perfection? I struggle with finding perfection. I think that it's, well, I wouldn't say I struggle with finding perfection, but I feel like my standard is very high and it's hard to let, I would say it's hard to let go. And I think all business owners can kind of relate to that. It's like, mm -hmm. when is the point where you let go and step back and let that perfection piece kind of not necessarily subside, but know that things are going to be okay if you're not there perfecting it more. So I don't know when to stop. So I'm like, I got to keep going. Like I'm constantly adding menu items and my staff's always like, why? <laughs> um, because you, I want it to. I want to keep it fresh and new for people coming in all the time. And things are always changing. I'm constantly moving my furniture around because. And customers come in our our regulars and they're like, "Oh, you moved it again." And it's like, "Well, yeah, I have to make it better." Um, so it is. It, it's hard to determine when, and how much perfection to. I guess to keep on <laughs> going back to to when you started when you were decorating cookies yeah did you have formal training in that or was that just an artistic skill that you just kind no. of inherently had it's just a skill i had so um my story is my, our name comes from my grandma mm -hmm. um her name was millie um it also comes from my last name because i made her my husband's last name is miller so it kind of when that i works. got married my friends started calling me millie okay. um but she, you know, I spent a lot of time in the kitchen. Uh, whenever I visited her, we baked. Uh, I loved baking with my mom. My mom taught me 
um, how to make cookies. It was her recipe. My sugar cookie recipe is from her. Um, it's just something I really enjoy doing and I practice. So I am definitely 100% across the board in everything I do self-taught. Nice. Which kind of, it's nice, but it also is a dreaded feeling of tell me your story. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you listen to amazing people that have amazing stories that, you know, they go over they, they travel abroad mm -hmm. to learn their skill. And to me, that's so inspiring that when people ask me, what is my story? I feel like, well, it's just a bunch of random things that have led me to where I am. And, but being self-taught, I think is a fabulous thing. I Absolutely. think it pushed me harder to learn the skills that I wanted to learn. And I got to be kind of more honed in, I guess. Is that the right, the, yeah, the right word? I think so. um, on the skills that I did want to learn. So like going to school to be a pastry chef, you know, you got to learn it all, mm -hmm. which great, fabulous skills to have. I would have loved to have gone to pastry school, but I just have been able to train myself on specific areas to make my business successful. Is baking the most difficult culinary skill? Yes. That's a hard question, but I say yes, because baking, um, I feel like has more... A little bit more science behind mm -hmm. it in my opinion like you can't you can't really add in and wing a bunch of things right. at first like you gotta you gotta follow specific rules of chemistry and things that are gonna happen together and react together um, and then once you have that I feel like then it's easy because then you can kind of do your thing because you know all those things yeah what does it take to make that perfect flaky croissant or or a scone or right. how do you make sure a donut has the right texture you know like what what are those skills what you know what has the trial and error been like for you in, in that regard to creating what it many regard as a superior product um, a lot of trial and error and a lot of trial and error too because being self-taught obviously I started in my home mm -hmm. so that's different equipment it's a different environment the you know the temperature of the room changes when you're baking everything changes the littlest adjustment and you're going to have a flat uh croissant or a dense product you know you everything matters and we're at altitude so you can't yes. just follow a traditional cookbook you really really have to get to experimenting correct and so when you're experiment experimenting and creating it's kind of frustrating i think with baking because you um you have to make adjustments and you don't know if you should adjust the ingredient or if you should adjust the temperature of your room right. or what is affecting uh, the outcome of what you just created. And then the next time you make it, something happens. So you got to figure it out. Whereas I feel like just like cooking in general is such a, an art form in itself too, but you get to have more fun with it. Okay. Like all my savory options, the green chili, all that was way more fun in my opinion to create because I don't have to measure really. It's just all from the heart mm -hmm. and I just create it. And it either is a success or it's a failure, but it was a little bit more fun to create because it just came straight from my knowledge and what I felt should happen. Your offerings are inclusive of those with dietary restrictions. Mm -hmm. um, why is it important to have those offerings for one? And, and how do those items affect your approach to your menu? Well, my daughter um, grew up with a severe peanut allergy, so I knew right away that nothing in my kitchen would have peanuts. Um, I also have some really um, close friends of mine who are celiac, mm -hmm. so the gluten aspect, I try and have um, a few baked items um, daily that are gluten-free, uh, but we have most of our savory items that we offer can be converted to gluten-free. So we have a really good gluten-free biscuit, and then the burritos, you could have bowls, but it's just important to me 
um, to have those options because I had to watch my daughter growing up and have those limitations of going into some place and having your heart set on something and it not, you know, you're like, well, you can have this one little specific item. Right. Like having choice is really important. So you have a, a large selection of, of tea as well. Mm -hmm. um, and your coffee is renowned. Where, where does your coffee come from? And, and how do you select what's good enough to serve at your cafe? Uh, well, I was very lucky um, to find my roaster when I did. Uh, so uh, our roaster is Copper Door Coffee. Um, they're in Denver. And of course, I wanted to do something local. Uh, so that kind of started and helped me when I um, found Hannah, the owner of Copper Door. It was another one of those moments that she kind of fell into my lap. I had no idea how to find a roaster. Um, I Googled roasters in Colorado, um, picked a couple, interviewed them. She was actually the first one I did interview and meet with, and I ended up going with her. But I liked her specifically at the time because I have a lot of stomach issues myself that mm. her coffee is very low acidic. Oh, okay. Um, and so the way that they roast their beans um, and that process, it just, it, I never had stomach issues drinking it. So um, I didn't get the heartburn, the acidity, yeah. none of that. So that was my first reason of going with her. But she just, the her coffee and her technique for roasting, I went in and I met her and I created a couple blends and they've just been really popular with my, my customers. And I'm hoping to get in there and make another one. Uh, I have two blends right now. So we have our house blend, which is a medium to dark roast. Uh, kind of those caramel cocoa notes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have our light roast blend, which is, we call it Christian crack. It's kind of an inside joke <laughs> because Christians drink coffee like. <laughs> um, so anyway, but it's a lighter roast. So we have both options. And as far as like the other coffee drinks of creating like our fun drinks and the lattes and things like that, we, we just feed off of what we know our customers tend to enjoy. It can't be an easy space to compete in. You have these huge corporate chains that are ingrained in many Americans' routine. Mm -hmm. uh, I get the sense you're not trying to compete with that, though. You're you're trying to give a more authentic experience, right? Sure. Well, we can't compete with them because our business model is nothing like theirs. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of those chains, too, they they tend to help your business, if you look at it more in a positive note. Um, it, people, I can't sit here and bad talk them like I started at a Starbucks like you start and you develop your craft and your what you want to be I think from a beginning of something and that Starbucks is that for a lot of coffee shops yeah. um, but I think to compete with anybody is kind of just hurting you and holding you back in a sense I feel like you should just embrace it and grow from it and everybody is so unique there's so much room for coffee you look mm -hmm. at Denver I mean downtown Denver and the um Park Hill area, all those areas are just so, there's so much coffee around and they all do amazing. They're all growing and there's room for all of us. So I, I say, I almost want more. I hope yeah. Aurora does develop more coffee because it's kind of, it's it's a fun thing to have. You're native to Aurora, is that correct? Oh yes. Um, <laughs> how, how has the community grown over the years in your eyes and how do you see it evolving? Well, there's so many more people now, obviously. Um, it's I actually, I, I like where Aurora is going. We've always been a diverse city. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really enjoy all the different cultures and the sense of community. I think we're evolving into something really great. I think at first there was a time where 
we were diverse, but we were we were very segregated. Mm-hmm. I, I and we didn't embrace everybody's differences and what we could all bring to the table. And I I really feel that happening now. And uh, just through even the Visit Aurora page on Instagram, like people should definitely follow that because I've discovered so many amazing events that happen in the city of Aurora that you just don't find elsewhere. Well, thank anywhere. you for the plug. We appreciate that. Well, no, but I'm <laughs> serious. Like I really do enjoy it. Like you, you find things that I would not normally have gone to. And I've been in Aurora my whole life that I didn't even know existed. But I do feel like the things have been moving in the right direction. And I think I'm hoping they continue to go that way because it's starting to turn into a fun city. We used to just kind of be this little sub area of Denver that nobody thought about other than crime. And now we're kind of the place to hang out. It's interesting that you, you, mention that because you know our whole mission is rooted in community and amplifying mm-hmm. the community yeah. for visitors yep but those visitors who are also in the metro area who don't mm-hmm. really fully understand the scope of what aurora has to offer yeah that sense of community is also ingrained in what you do it's mm-hmm. intentional in the name of millie's community cafe yeah you offer events to support other small businesses like mm-hmm. mochas and merch yeah. Uh, you also have creative workshops and other events. Mm-hmm. Can you share some of those community initiatives that you're a part of and, and why that's such an important part of your mission? Well, it's important because I feel like, especially the people that I do have come in are people that it was it was who I was when I was doing cookies and starting my career in just like the baking and cooking aspect of it. They just need an outlet to be able to sell their product or offer their service to people. And a lot of times you go and you always have to pay a fee. There's always a rent. And that's hard when you're starting out and you're just trying to have this simple craft and grow. So I don't charge fees for people to come in. Uh, If you have an idea and you wanna share it with us, I would love to hear it. If I can accommodate you, I will. Um, And I love it because it brings the community together and people start to see what um, unique people we have, creative people we have in our community, and it just helps them grow. And it brings the community together to mingle and get to know one another. Well, Stacey, it's been incredible getting to know you a little bit. Uh, What you're doing at Millie's Community Cafe um, is, is incredible. You've created an important space in our city with delicious offerings, but um, I think a community space that that is important for for everybody. So thank you for your work, and uh, we're excited to help amplify what you're trying to do over at Millie's. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Make sure to visit Millie's Community Cafe at 15600 East Alameda Parkway, just east of Chambers on Alameda. You can also follow them on social media at Millie's Community Cafe and online at milliescommunitycafe.com. Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast. Visit Aurora is the official destination marketing organization for the city of Aurora, Colorado, and acts as the primary liaison between meeting planners and hotel partners. As Aurora's convention and visitors bureau, Visit Aurora's mission is grounded in showcasing Aurora as a premier destination for meetings, business, and leisure travel. Visit Aurora represents more than 75 plus hotel properties with 13,500 plus guest rooms and more than 1 million square feet of meeting space, including Colorado's largest resort, the 
Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center. As Colorado's third largest city, Aurora is located minutes away from Denver International Airport and showcases mountain views, memorable meeting spaces, and 250-plus international eateries that offer a unique experience for each and every visitor. As the gateway to the Rockies, Visit Aurora's role in the local community goes beyond marketing the city as a destination. The Visit Aurora team is here to assist you with your Colorado visit, from facilitating your meeting, event, or convention, to helping you discover local flavor and attractions. Go beyond the boardroom in Aurora, Colorado. For more, visit us at visitaurora.com.